After reciting the Tashahud Ta'awz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalid Tumasi V, Ayyadullah Ta'ala bin Aziz stated, Earlier today we offered the Eid prayer, and today is also a Friday. With regards to when the Eid and the Jummah prayer occur on the same day, we find the instruction of the Holy Prophet ﷺ that whosoever wishes to offer the Zohar prayer instead of the Jummah prayer is permitted to do so. However, we also find that on one occasion the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated that he would offer the Friday prayer. The Holy Prophet ﷺ himself offered the Jummah prayer. And in light of this, I instructed Amir Sahib, i.e. the National President of the UK, that whosoever wishes to offer the Zohar prayer in congregation in place of the Jummah prayer, they may do so, and they do not have to offer the Jummah prayer. Owing to the circumstances nowadays, a large number of people are not allowed to gather in the mosque. In general, people are at home, and if they are free, they can offer the Jummah prayer as they were doing so previously. As for those who are occupied with work, they can offer the Zohar prayer. However, in accordance with the action of the Holy Prophet we will offer the Jummah prayer. Similarly, in the time of Hazrat Muslim anhu, Eid al-Adha and the Friday prayer coincided. Some people began presenting reasons as to why the Zohar prayer should be offered and not the Jummah prayer. He replied to those who insisted on offering the Zohar prayer in a wonderful manner by saying, How generous is our Lord, for He has granted us two Eids. If one were to receive two chapatis, 
covered in clarified butter, i.e. he receives two pieces of bread, why would he refuse one of them? He would naturally accept both, unless there was a particular reason. Thus, the Holy Prophet has permitted for one to offer the Zuhr prayer if he cannot attend the Jummah prayer. And others have no right to reproach them. Similarly, as for those who have the opportunity to offer both prayers, i.e. the Eid prayer and the Jummah prayer, others have no right to criticize them or to say that they did not avail of the leniency available to them. Indeed, there is some leniency, but we find the practical example of the Holy Prophet was that he said he would offer the Jummah prayer. Hence, as I mentioned earlier, we are offering the Jummah prayer today, but the sermon will be brief. And for this, I have selected from the writings of the Promised Messiah in which he has explained the purpose of his advent. He has also given a very insightful directive to his community with regards to accepting the Holy Prophet as the Khatam al-Nabiyyin i.e. the seal of the prophets and a living prophet and he has also explained the lofty rank and station of the Holy Prophet Our opponents raise the allegation that God forbid we lower the rank of the Holy Prophet by accepting the promised Messiah Our opponents show great pride having passed resolutions in Pakistan's assemblies whereby they have made it compulsory to utter the words Khatam al-Nabiyyin after the blessed name of the Holy Prophet Through this, they assert that it is an incredible expression of love they have for the Holy Prophet and his station. If their hearts truly bear testimony to this and it makes them act upon the noble example of the Holy Prophet then this would be a good act indeed. However, their actions have taken them extremely far from the teachings imparted by the Holy Prophet If one were to go back to the time of the Holy Prophet and adopt the practices and teachings that the Holy Prophet ﷺ imparted on us and followed himself, no Muslim would ever strike the neck of another Muslim. Instead, they would rush to perform the bayt, i.e. the Pledge of Allegiance, of the Imam of the Age and the ardent devotee of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. They believe that by making the use of the word Khatam al-Nabiyyin as compulsory, they have rendered an outstanding service and created a hindrance for Ahmadis. These people who are blinded by their ignorance do not know that an Ahmadi is the one who has true understanding of the meaning and status of Khatam al-Nabiyyin. And this was taught to us by the Promised Messiah alayhi salam. 
These people can never even come close to the power and effect in the words of the Promised Messiah Each action and every moment in the life of the Promised Messiah demonstrated such love and adoration for Hazrat Khatam al-Anbiya Muhammad Mustafa the likes of which these people cannot even fathom. With regards to this, there are a number of writings and sayings of the Promised Messiah At present, I will present two or three by way of example. With regards to the purpose of his advent and the progress of the Jamaat, addressing his opponents, the Promised Messiah writes, There are two purposes of my advent. For the Muslims, it is to ensure they become firmly established upon righteousness and purity. They ought to become true Muslims as Allah the Almighty desired of them and to follow the commandments of Allah the Almighty with complete obedience. The Prophet Muhammad then says that the second purpose of his advent is with reference to Christians and for the breaking of the cross so that the ideology surrounding their false god is refuted. Also, so that the world completely forsakes this false god and worships the one god. The Prophet Muhammad says, After realizing the purpose of my advent, why do these people continue to oppose me? They ought to remember that any action that is carried out as a result of one's impure self and tainted with the impurities of this world will be themselves consumed by their own poison. If there is any hint of hypocrisy or impurities in one's heart, then there will be no blessings in their actions. The results will be swiftly evident and will go in vain and be destroyed. The Prophet Sallallahu writes, Can a liar ever succeed? Inna Allaha la yahdi man huwa musrifun kathab Meaning, certainly Allah guides not one who is a transgressor and a liar. The Prophet ﷺ further states, For a liar to be destroyed, his falsehood alone is sufficient for him to perish. If a person lies, their falsehood will lead them to ruin. However, whatever action is carried out with the blessings of God the Glorious and His Messenger, and the seed for which is planted by the hands of God Almighty Himself, then angels descend in order to safeguard it. Man does not have the capacity to carry this out. Since this Jamaat has been established by God Almighty Himself, then His angels will descend to protect it. Who has the power to stop it? This is a challenge. The more the Ahmadiyya Jamaat is opposed, the more it progresses, by the grace of Allah. The Promised Messiah says, Remember, if my community is established merely as a worldly venture, then it will be destroyed and no trace of it shall remain. But if it has been established by God Almighty, and undoubtedly this is the case, then even if the entire world rises in opposition, the Jamaat will continue to flourish and spread, and angels will safeguard it. The Promised Messiah further states, Even if there is not a single person with me, and nobody supports me, even then I am certain that this Jamaat will flourish. The Promised Messiah says, I care not for any opposition, as this is the custom, and I consider it necessary for the progress of my Jamaat. 
It has never been the case that God Almighty has sent His chosen one and vicegerent to this world, and the people have accepted Him without any opposition. The condition of this world is very peculiar. No matter how virtuous one may be, others will not leave Him alone and will always raise allegations. The Promised Messiah says, It is due to the blessings of God Almighty that our Jamaat is progressing in an extraordinary manner. Today we see that sincere members who have pledged allegiance to the Promised Messiah can be found in more than 200 countries of the world. At the time the Promised Messiah was writing this, he stated that the number of sincere members was in the hundreds. Today, by the grace of Allah, there are hundreds of thousands of bayats each year. The Promised Messiah states, The main reason for the establishment of this jamaat is so that people arise from the impurities of this world and live their life like that of angels by adopting true purity. Thus, it is our duty to act on this guidance of the Promised Messiah and ensure our conditions are in line with the true teachings of Islam. This is the true manner in which we can defeat our enemies and gain victory over them. Then, professing his own belief and that of his community and true obedience to the Holy Prophet the Promised Messiah states, I tell you truly and swear by God Almighty that my community and I are Muslims and that we profess belief in the Holy Prophet and the Holy Quran in the manner that a true Muslim ought to. I consider deviation from Islam by even an iota to be akin to one's destruction. It is my belief that every blessing and bounty that one can possibly gain and the nearness to Allah can only be attained by true obedience and having perfect love for the Holy Prophet and not otherwise. There is no path to piety except for the one adopted by the Holy Prophet Indeed, it is also true that I do not believe that the Messiah ascended bodily to the heavens and is alive even today. The reason for this is that such a belief is akin to dishonoring and disrespecting the Holy Prophet I cannot accept such insult for even a moment. Everyone is aware that the Holy Prophet lived until the age of 63 years and then passed away and that his tomb is situated in Medina. Each year, hundreds of thousands of pilgrims also go there. If it is disrespectful to consider the Messiah to have passed away, then I ask, what is the reason for accepting such disrespect and insult for the Holy Prophet Why then is it accepted that the Holy Prophet has passed away and is buried in Medina? The Promised Messiah further writes, However, you happily accept that he passed away. Orators narrating accounts in the life of the Holy Prophet speak about his demise in an eloquent manner. And despite facing opposition, you readily accept that the Holy Prophet has passed away. The Promised Messiah then says, Therefore, I do not understand why there is an uproar at the mention of the death of Prophet Jesus and why they would look upon it with rage. 
Even today, there are certain individuals, scholars and sects who cause similar commotion at this belief. Some have rejected this notion entirely and say that Jesus will not return. Whereas some believe that he will descend, but it cannot be the promised Messiah as Jesus is still alive. The promised Messiah says, We would also not have any grievance if they also expressed similar emotion upon hearing the mention of the Holy Prophet's demise. Alas, they happily accept the demise of the seal of the prophets, who is the chief of this world and the next. And yet, the one who did not even consider himself worthy of even opening the lace of the Holy Prophet wasallam's shoes, they consider to be alive and become infuriated at the mere mention of his demise. If the Holy Prophet was still alive, it would not be an issue for he brought an extraordinary guidance which is unparalleled to this day and he demonstrated such a perfect example the likes of which have never been seen from the time of Adam until now. The Promised Messiah further states I truly tell you that the need for the Holy Prophet advent in this world was far more significant than that of Jesus. Furthermore, the Holy Prophet was an embodiment of such blessings that upon his demise, the companions were overcome with intense emotion to the point that Hazrat Umar drew out his sword from his quiver and declared that whoever said that the Holy Prophet ﷺ had died, he would cut off their head. It was during this moment of intense passion that Allah the Almighty granted Hazrat Abu Bakr ﷺ a particular spiritual light and wisdom. He gathered everyone and delivered an address and quoted the following verse, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَطْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُلُ Meaning, and Muhammad is only a messenger. Verily, all messengers have passed away before him. The Promised Messiah says, Now carefully ponder and reflect over this matter as to why Hazrat Abu Bakr recited this particular verse on the occasion of the Holy Prophet's demise. What was his objective and intention? And moreover, when all the companions were gathered there, I say with utmost conviction, and you certainly cannot deny that the hearts of the companions were struck with intense grief upon the Holy Prophet's demise and considered it to be very untimely. They could not bear to accept the news of the Holy Prophet ﷺ's demise. At such an occasion, a great and prominent companion like Hazrat Umar could not contain his anger, and it was only owing to this verse that his anger subsided. Had he been convinced that Jesus was still alive, he would have died there and then. He had great love for the Holy Prophet and could not accept that beside him someone else was granted life. Thus, how could he perceive the Holy Prophet to be among the dead and yet consider Jesus to be alive? In other words, how is it that he felt a sense of calmness upon hearing the sermon of Hazrat Abu Bakr? At the time, 
the companions would walk through the streets of Medina reciting this verse and felt as if this verse had not been revealed until that day. It was on this occasion that Hassan bin Sabit wrote the following eulogy. Since the aforementioned verse had confirmed that everyone before the Holy Prophet had passed away, hence Hassan wrote that he no longer would be concerned about the death of anyone that would die as of now. Let it be known that other than the Holy Prophet the companions could not accept anyone else to be alive except for the Holy Prophet. Thus, this was the first ijma' i.e. consensus after the Holy Prophet in this world which also testifies to the demise of Jesus Then elaborating upon the status and rank of the Holy Prophet the Promised Messiah states Through his being, his attributes, his deeds, his actions and his emphatic river of spiritual and virtuous powers established the complete and perfect example by way of knowledge, deeds, truthfulness and steadfastness and was thus bestowed the title of the perfect man. No aspect was left out of his example and it was demonstrated through his knowledge, his actions, through his standards of truthfulness, steadfastness, wisdom and cognizance and thus he was named the perfect man. The Promise of Silas Nanan states that man who exceeded all men in perfection the one who was most perfect as a man and as a prophet and came with the most excellent blessings and who through a spiritual revival and resurrection manifested the first judgment in the world and revived the dead world i.e. they were blessed with a new spiritual life. That blessed prophet, the seal of the prophets, a spiritually decayed world was revived through him the Blessed Prophet, the Seal of the Prophets, the Leader of the Righteous Ones, the Seal of the Messengers, the Pride of the Prophets, was Muhammad, the Chosen One, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. O Beloved God, reward this Beloved Prophet with mercy and blessings with which no man from the beginning of time has been rewarded by you. Had not this great Prophet appeared in the world, we would have known nothing of the truth of the lesser Prophets like Jonah, Job, Jesus, son of Mary, Malachi, John, Zechariah, etc., etc. True, they were accepted, granted nearness, and honored and loved by God. It was a favor of the Holy Prophet ﷺ upon them that the people knew about their truthfulness. O Allah, send blessings, peace and prosperity upon him and his progeny and all of his companions. And the conclusion of our prayer is all praise belongs to Allah, Lord of all the worlds. May Allah the Almighty grant us true understanding of the status and rank of the Holy Prophet and enable us to continue to send salutations upon him. May we prostrate before Allah the Almighty more than before. It is only through this action of ours that we can prove our love for the Holy Prophet and instill this love within our hearts. Through this 
we will be able to refute the allegations of our opponents, meaning that our practical example will be a rebuttal against the allegations of our opponents. May Allah enable us to do so. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu, Wanastainu, Wanastafiru, Wanomino, Wanatawakalu, Wanauzubillah, Minshururian, Fusina, Wamin Sayyatia, من يعذي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا نبدو ورسوله عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان ويتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وَدُوهُ يَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ